Misadventures of Animal Thaw. Listen carefully, Tech Marine. The enemy is fast approaching, and it is just you and I that stand between these dark Eldar scum and the objective at hand. We must hold! What should we do? The odds are so against us! The only thing we can do. We must call an orbital strike. Best to lay waste to the area than allow them to capture this sector. That will take time. Time we do not have! Then I shall draw their attention to give you time. I see. Move quickly, and may the Emperor protect. No mercy! There, that should do it. Dawn, order of bombardment incoming. Seek shelter! No! Coordinates have punched it. Clock on your position rather than the enemy! Huh? Dawn, you must run! We started our last episode off, and uh, it was we were we were talking before the, the intro music came on, and then when when after it starts, like the episode truly starts, you're just like nothing like a bunch of hiccups to to really get her going. And I had edited all that out, and I didn't realize it. So the episode just starts with us being like, it, it starts like perfectly, and we're just like, God, that was such a crazy intro, all, all the issues and all that shit. <laughs> This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty is like, that's the fun part of editing is like, we know what happened. They don't get to know what happens and they get to go, these guys, these guys fucking amateurs or what? <laughs> yes, yes, we are. <laughs> and speaking of, we haven't even introduced ourselves. Although I feel like at this point, if you're listening, you should know who we are. But to all 12 we of apparently, you, we do apparently sound a little bit alike. So I am. One half of the hosting duties, I am Shane, and of course, with me as always is the sexy, voluptuous Drew. <laughs> I'm not a mega boy, I'm a mega man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, oh boy, I think we got an interesting, we're going to take a pause, shall we say, a pause on lore for a little bit. We've done... Uh, what, like, since episode two, I think, is the last time we talked about gameplay. Everything else has been pretty lore-based, so we've gone, like, 15 episodes? Has it, though? (laughs) (laughs) Look. (laughs) Has has any of it been anything? (laughs) Because sometimes I wonder. Uh, 
yes. <laughs> Short answer, yes with a but. Long answer, no with a maybe. <laughs> we provide 100% of all Shania Twain-related 40K references. <laughs> that is our claim to fame. I'm going to make that statement right now. I don't, I don't think anybody can. Else, uh, nobody else can make that statement. Nobody else can make that claim. We're the only ones that, uh, let's go, girls. <laughs> Plus, by the by the time that you're listening to this episode, we have also uh, done the first Full House 40K crossover as well. Yeah, where are you going to get that? Again, I'm going to, that's a Drew guarantee. I, I Come at me with somebody else who's done that. <laughs> Speaking of things, Drew, what's your invulnerable save today? What do you got going? Kind of an invulnerable save, kind of a, a, a mortal wound here. Mainly, uh, just out of the, I, I read the Mortarion primark book recently and i won't go into d- details or spoilers he said before you went into great detail and spoilers <laughs> <laughs> no this is another one of like kind of my my weird tangents that i i go on about things in the book mortarion is basically set in to make a planet comply it seems to be the the theme of the primark books too like we're gonna get these guys to comply <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and the craziest part is during these stories, you have to remember that at this point in time, they're technically the good guys. <laughs> so Mortarion is is pissed off at this uh, planetary empire, essentially. And he's like, we're going for the middle planet. It's the most protected. Every planet around it has satellite laser beams and all this shit. And... <laughs> It's like the worst plan in the world. We're going to go for the heart of it. We're going to take it within 48 hours and it's going to be a bloodbath. I don't fucking care. Yeah, but the planetary empire that they are assaulting does, in my opinion, it does everything right in their defense. They're 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 not the best. Like, I won't say that they're good because nobody in this setting is good. But in terms of of planetary defense and their strategy, they do everything right. It just they can't win. It's like the children on the playground where you're you're, you're like shooting the imaginary guns, and they're like, "Ah, you missed I'm me." I'm so glad you, you added imaginary me. guns. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sad now. <laughs> but it's like when you're playing with your with your friends. You know, on the playground, and you're like, zap, 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 I got you. And you're like, no, your bullets missed me. I'm Neo in the Matrix. I dodged them. And you're just like, no, I shot you. Uh uh-uh, uh, because I have force field and it protects me. It's like that shit. They're doing everything right. It, 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 like, they're, they're what you would essentially like what we would have if we were in this setting. Like, our, you know, th- their tactics and everything, it's all. Sound tactics, but the the plot armor is so thick. But it's just like because they're fucking space marines. Right. And they do all this crazy ass shit. Like he he brings in like asteroids and and, and rock debris around their ships and uses that to shield them. And then like even like they end up making it to the planet because, of course, they do because there's space marines. And I will say it goes into it, it really shows you how Mortarion doesn't really care the ends justify the means, no matter how many of his men he has to sacrifice, even though he doesn't technically have to sacrifice them in the way that he does. It's like, you know, you don't have to try to just go for that middle one. Like, 
don't reach into the beehive to get the honey <laughs> instantly. You know, we can we can use smoke and we can calm them. And you, oh, there's there's a there's a something to be had in in subtlety. More, more, Terrans, <laughs> more like shake the shit out of the beehive and put the beehive on your head and then try to lick the honey out. Is that? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. You have offended me. This is, I we don't get to honey, and then it's like, yeah, man. But those seven guys on the ground over there are seasoned for bee stings, and then he's just like, yes. But look at how delicious it is when I put it over my Cheerios, and it's like, I guess. Yeah, I gotta point right. out the funny fact that we're pointing out that bee stings, which would be a venom, which would be right up like Nurgle's alley. So kind of funny that Mortarian would. <laughs> we're tying this all together. You just don't it know. All, it. it all makes sense. <laughs> so but i don't know anyways it's just like they outmaneuver them in in the the space to space like the void combat and then when they make it to the planet it's just like fucking space marines are just giant mechanical gorilla <laughs> monsters that are just <laughs> and they're just like trotting in and these people are trying to like hit them with uh artillery shells and hit them with all this shit and it's like yeah they're fucking melting space marines into piles of of bone and muscle and, and molten metal but they just they can't stop them and then it's like they're on you and then they're just ripping your buddies in half and then they got this giant tower and then they just start fucking like space marines just start fucking climbing it they're just like oh we gotta get inside there <laughs> and they just like rending metal as they're jamming their hands into it. it's like you can't it's not fair like he shouldn't have won he just like out meat grindered them yeah like and then at one point he's just like, I don't know. I, I guess I am like talking about major parts of this book, but like in typical Mortarion fashion, he's just like hit him with a napalm. Essentially, it's like the forty k equivalent of like super napalm. Prometheum, uh, what is it? Prometheum? Is that what they call it? Prometheum. Well, Prometheum. Yeah, it's like their fuel, and I think that they also use that in like their like bombing. I don't know. He just like at one point is just like fucking fight, just hit him with the fire and he yeah because it's like he like he does horrible things yeah well like it seems to me like in in my my reading so far um as i i've never been a lore person i've never been i've been always more into the game which this is why this episode is gonna feel a little more probably clear to people than our normal ramblings or my normal ramblings at least but as i get more into the lore i'm realizing that like Gulliman is like the the guy with the tactics. Every other Primarch doesn't seem to be all that tactful. They're just like, well, I've got these meatheads that are super soldiers and clad in heavy duty armor that protects their even super soldier body. I'm just going to march them forward. I should win. Like, eventually I'll win. Like, I may lose some, but they're going to lose more. So it's OK. So that's that's what we're going to go with. Like, it just seems like that's everybody's tactic. Like, yeah, just... <laughs> Just keep pushing forward. Well, yeah, but couldn't we like, like, I don't know, flank them? Nah, 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 nah. They need to see you coming. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will say, Magnus and the Thousand Sons, they do their best to try to like keep themselves protected. He uses tactics. Their whole thing though is, it's you know, oh hey everybody, activate your psychic force field. They call them kind shields. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's basically a, a, like a kinetic force field. Uh, but they've gotten themselves into like situations where if, if their psychic shields fail, then, uh Oh, you're standing out in the open there, buddy. <laughs> or I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, in, in that book, and don't get me wrong. Raven guard, Raven guard use a lot of like stealth tactics and, and, and the, in the 
we'll talk about it in an upcoming episode. So did Art Lords. Uh, of course, yeah, we'll talk, we're going to do a compare and contrast here in, the, in our next episode, probably. Um, but in that, I mean, the Raven Guard took like three planets of this system in three hours because of using their tactics. It only goes haywire because Corvus has a hard on for justice. And you, if you've read the book, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, I'll, I'll cover it later. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know. The, the whole point of the book was to, I think, to just really get you in the mind of how Mortarion operates. But I just felt bad for the the the, the empire that he was essentially just destroying because i'm like man they're doing everything right they're they're outmaneuvering his ships they're hitting them the way that you would you would operate like a land-based uh war there's some stuff that they do where i'm like uh they they're bad as well but still you know i'm like it's not fair right where's the justice in this <laughs> on a different planet because that's corvus's department <laughs> <laughs> and then, like at the very end martarion's like was it worth it Yes, yes, I was right. This this is the way to do it. Like this, yeah, you I, just read, of course I'm correct. Like an echo chamber of one. Like, it's just like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I did the right thing. <laughs> it's like if people are just counting the dead bodies. He's like, yes, yes, of course. Of course. It was no other there way. There was no other way. This, of course, is the way it had to be. <laughs> so that's that's what I got. Mortarion cheats. The game's stacked up against the horrible intergalactic empire they can't win they should have won but they didn't so what do you guys think? Um, mine's very simple uh i've been on a painting binge uh you've seen the pictures that i've sent you uh and mine is turbo dorks ice to never it's a color shift paint and i for the first time i was like i want to try like i hate painting force weapons for the gray knights and that's my that's my jam as army that's my army as gray knights um and I can never make, I suck at uh, non-metallic metals. Like, I'm just not good at that that look. And I'm not good at, like, a normal, like, the light blue and shift, you know, the water blending, like, blending into the darker blues. Not good at that. And I was like, I need to find something that just does what a, what I want a force weapon to look like. And boy, howdy, I found it in I, Turbo Dork's Ice to Never. Uh, I, I, nice black primer, a couple coats of it, man. It looks that fucking blue pops and i did like some silver edge highlighting super happy with the way it turned out i did it on my, one of my latest uh, dread nights that i just uh built and painted up and couldn't be happier with that result so yeah look at that boom done with the invulnerable save that's how it's done i'm gonna dust my hands off and pry <laughs> oh all right so we've gone rambled on long enough about other things let's Let's get into what today's episode is going to be about, because we're going to take it back to the game. Um, a friend of ours had, had had actually asked me to do this a while ago, was he wanted me to talk about metas. And to be fair, I don't really remember all the metas and what they were in particular. I remember some of the ones for my army specifically, and also why they didn't work. Because <laughs> 5th edition Grey Knights had a paladin death star unit where you just brought in 10 paladins with an apothecary and you deep struck them into the middle of the table and just let them not die. Cause they, they were very hard to kill. Uh, the downfall is it was like almost a thousand points of, uh, models. And, uh, we used to have deep strike back in those days and they could deep strike off the table and mishap and then get obliterated like mine did. And then when you're in a 
game and you had a 1500 point limit and a thousand of your points just disappeared kind of makes for a very short unfun game <laughs> high risk high <laughs> reward on those metas but what i actually thought we would talk about drew is more meta chasing is it good we're gonna do like a we're gonna do a pro v con thing we're gonna we're gonna go over the pros of why meta chasing is good for the hobby we're gonna go over the cons for why i think meta chasing is a hobby and i think a really good place to start is actually with the leagues of otan because it was one of the first things it's the first time i've ever seen them do it they got nerfed day one like they were they were nerfed not hard but they were nerfed and i always thought that was interesting because in a sense we were talking a little bit before the show it's like games workshop has an ebb and flow to it they release new army it's super powerful a few months go by it gets nerfed it gets in line with everybody else new army comes out it's super powerful and and so the cycle would continue votan was the first one that it comes out it's nerfed <laughs> like, and <Yeah>. it's gone <laughs> like well and so it's, it's an interesting uh uh point to start at i think like because it's it's the, the absolute counter to everything that we're used to. Yes, and that one, I just felt like the the fans uh, were were so like adamant about they're overpowered, they're overpowered. There's always leaks of rules, and people were you know oh my god. And then they Games Workshop on the Warhammer TV did uh, the battle report with leagues of otan versus i think it was like imperial guard yeah and just i mean uh, obliterated them which guard were were outdated at that time yeah you're right but i mean that was the the, when i just feel like people had been complaining for years that oh you know these codexes come out they're way overpowered and then they get nerfed shortly after and that was the one where they were just like like you said, I, I mean, they were banning them at tournaments before they even released. And then there was a day one update like for them. Right. It's just specific. It was just a mess. And, and, yeah. and, and it, OK, so it's one of those things we were also talking about before we started recording was like the annoyance of like buying a $60 or $50 codex or whatever, depending on which like, version you get and, and getting it and be like, ah, oh, all my rules right here. And then finding out like within 24 hours, you have new rules, things in your printed book are no longer valid and you're just like shit and they'll be like well you've got the digital code though too so you could just use the digital code and you'll be fine like it'll be updated on there you won't eat- but it's like like we talked about we're old school players we we're old curmudgeons i guess you could say we're, we like having our books we like tabbing our books making marks like this is where i gotta find this is where i gotta find that so i think it's so the pro is Good on Games Workshop for being more open to listening to their community. But at the same time, bad on Games Workshop for not even giving this army a chance to show what it could do. Because we didn't see it against current editions at tournaments. Like, we didn't see it go against Tyranids, Sisters of Battle, uh, Dark Eldar. Armies that are arguably... Well, Harlequins too, uh, like are dominating like kind of the tournament scene, right? Like those are ones that I've seen pop up a lot as winners of tournaments, but we didn't get a chance. Years ago, when it came to meta chasing, it wasn't as fast paced as it is now, where 
there isn't back in fifth, fourth, fifth, even sixth edition, armies didn't get released at the rate they're getting released now. Like it's not even close. New codexes didn't have timelines. You just had a remember when Dark Eldar was having their fifth edition. Remember that, Drew? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. When's they it coming out? Second edition. I don't know. Yeah. Well, do you they, guys they, expect it soon? Maybe. <laughs> like now they have a release schedule. Like these three books are coming in this month, and these three books are coming a month a month or two after that. And it's just like, oh, like this quarter is going to have these three books. This quarter is going to have these three books, and this quarter is going to have these. It's like, oh, okay, that's a solid plan. But the issue I have is like back in the day when you used to have like a meta chaser, somebody would buy that army, like Eldar, for instance, old school meta was uh uh fuck i'm gonna fuck their names up the seer unit the seer council like on jet bikes with a two plus invulnerable like it was ridiculous right and but that would be around forever and on the pro to that was that forced players to adapt to make their armies work and counter those kind of armies and i think that was a good thing and at the con is of course if you had an army that was just simply like Dark Eldar, far outdated, there was no count. You were not going to come up with a plan. Dark Eldar released, they were like a starter set army from second edition. And then they didn't get a, another update until fifth edition. Right. And then it was a complete army revamp. And even after their fifth edition, uh, like redo essentially, uh, they had a couple editions where they were just neglected and 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 shoehorned in, and it was bad. <laughs> they they've they've done. I will I will say this. I find it annoying that, like what you were saying with leagues, a day one update that to me just okay. Did you half ass the rules? Are you are you rushing them out there before they're 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 fully tested? Like older editions, yes, it felt like forever sometimes to get a new version of your army uh, or get get updated rules. Like the the waiting was horrible. Like you said, you just, you just didn't know. You would hear rumors. Uh, thankfully, at the time, the the game store that I used to shop at. Um, I would I would always ask about Dark Eldar rumors, and finally, fifth edition. Actually, hey, I've been hearing some rumors about Dark Eldar, and then he he was like letting me see promotional imagery, and he I was able to read. That. I want to say that the Codex I bought it in October. It was like right around my birthday, if I remember right, and uh, he had it for like a month ahead of time, and I was actually able to go in there and read through the Codex and like get an idea what I wanted to buy ahead of time. So. That was that was a nice thing that that owner let me do. But yeah, back in the day, which um, which imagine your orientation if you would have been like, "This is what I'm buying." You buy all that stuff, and because you're getting ready for it, and then a day one update comes out, and it's like, "Oh fuck, no, that's that's not going to work now." That's the thing. Like, I, I that's one thing I will say about the difference between then and now is updates took forever. Sometimes it felt like, mm-hmm. but when you bought a codex, I guess I I felt more confident in the the longevity of those rules than I do now. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I like the current edition. I like what they've done to the game. I, I really love the the amount of, of new releases that we've been getting and, and updates and things like that. Like it, That's great. But it, it makes me somewhat concerned at buying a printed book when there being like massive FAQs, it seems like, right, or right or out multi- the gate. Exactly. It, that's that's the one thing to me that it's it's just it's just messy and it and it looks bad. Um, and like I said, like especially now that they have to do the seasons too. Like Games Workshop yes. is pushing these seasonal things, like chapter approved like rules. And it's like, don't, look, don't get me wrong. I think it's cool. I think it's cool to have these seasons. I think it it adds a little bit of flair, especially for the tournament scene, because oh, we're operating under season two now. You know shit my old army for season one will not work in season two for whatever reason that's a good way to keep the meta changing so there isn't always such a dominant force out there yes that's that is where it is nice back in the day you had additions that were dominated by a few death star setups where if you go to a tournament you're seeing the same four options. Everybody's bringing like those same armies. Right. Yeah. It was boring. Yeah. So it's like back in the day, everybody would complain, Oh, you know, they need a, they need an update. They need an update. Well, they're not going to get it. You know, there's not going to be an update for a year and a half or two years. Now we are getting all of these updates fairly quickly. So that's great. It, it almost, it's like we almost live in a time where printed books are just so obsolete in their functionality. Yeah, it it's it, it, like you said. I am I am I am old. Yeah. <laughs> I I have become a stickler in my way, right? And I like a printed book. It's what I'm used to since third edition. I own a phone. That's it. Like I don't own an iPad. So like when you give me a digital code, that's great. If I have a tablet, you know, something large enough to read it on. I am not. Nothing annoys me more than, oh, let me zoom in on my phone so I can, like, I'm older, man. My eyes aren't as good. I can still read these books just fine. If I try to do it on my phone, like, I recently was on my, one of my Grey Knight subs on Facebook, and somebody was asking, hey, does anybody have the the Grey Knight, you know, digital code? I'm like, yeah, here you go. And he's like, oh, do you want, like, no, I don't, I'm never going to use it. I don't need it for anything go if you want it and you you can utilize it that go nuts save yourself the money and buy buy yourself a box of terminators or something instead like so it's just like that's kind of nice to be able to give to people but at the same time i have i have no use for it i i can't utilize it i can't uh, like we're fucking old dude <laughs> we're, we're gonna come off sounding like old dickheads in this episode <laughs> you know back in my day <laughs> But I mean, that's just kind of the reality of the situation. I mean, I it, in my professional life, uh, I've done catalog design and anymore. I, I mean, it's very hard. Most companies in my experience nowadays, everything is print on demand as needed. needed. And part of that is because fewer and fewer people want printed things to look at they everybody wants digital pdfs or point me to a website that has the same amount of information i can look at it on my phone um and it's the simple fact that you know if you have a if you have ten thousand printed things in a warehouse 
and you make one update, that's 10,000 pieces of updated stuff. So, I, I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know, I almost wonder if, if in the next couple of years we may start seeing a bigger push for digital because even these well you see it in video games too like it's become well, a very yeah. big uh, thing that i'll oh, just get it digitally get it digitally and i've yeah. always been a fan of physical media like yes i stream shit all the time but at the end of the day i still like owning a physical copy of whatever it is because you just you don't know never know yeah, when some booklets st- are all online yeah um it's like you, you open up your, your the box and there's no booklet or anything like that. And even like the whole the the, the seasons uh, concept of a game. I mean, that is a modern day yeah video game yep hundred uh, uh, structure. You know, uh, it, it, it's it's no longer I need to buy this game and then next year I'm going to buy the second game and then the year after that I'm going to buy the third game. It, I like I like the idea of seasons because it it keeps the content fresh but it also idle i i'm not the kind of person that wants to buy a game this year and then have a new sequel like out the door one year later if i like a game i i like the idea of them adding on to that game and and giving it the lifespan that it it should have because and and so that i like that this edition has been doing that if you're in, interested I love the idea of seasons and it pushing the narrative and giving you options for you're doing a, uh, th- this is a series of battles that takes place in this section. And here's the impact that it has on the lore. The part about that, that is annoying to me is when they, I'm going to use the term shoehorn because we saw this with uh, like what, what was it? War of the spider mm-hmm. where they basically fit in updated Fabius bile rules yeah they just kind of wedged it in there yeah in that booklet and i want to say that they ended up giving that after after so long they gave that to everybody for free on the booklet or on the digital edition because um i want to say it was like after it was like kind of out of date or or, i i I believe at some point they did make that for the most part accessible to some extent um but they did that so if you wanted to play updated fabius bio rules and it would give you like Oh, uh, in this, you, there are also special armies of renown for Dark Eldar. And it's like, okay, but the Dark Eldar book had just come out. So now you're saying that, like, if I truly want to have every option available to my army, I have to buy this book as well mm. as an addition. And then it, it comes off chaos, like a cash grab. Yes. You know, um, and then the Chaos Space Marine book that the updated codex that came out uh, a couple months ago includes all of those war of the spider sections and they even updated it a little bit and expanded on it some more so it's like okay was that their way of trying to give chaos space marine players a bone in the interim until they can update the new codex and then you know so like yeah it it feels cash grabby it's cheap I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, it's um, look, I get I, 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 we'll, we'll play devil's advocate here and I know they're a business and that's kind of the business model. But you also charge it. This is crack. OK, you're charging you charge a lot of money for your plastic crack. And that's really, I think, where the majority of the money has to come from is model releases and models being sold. So it would behoove you to a certain extent to either a. Um, release books that are 100% ready to go 
maybe with a minor FAQ later down the road from a few months from now, not day one. That looks bad no matter how you slice it. Even if you try to argue, oh, it was fair, doesn't matter. Looks bad. Looks like you didn't do your due diligence as a company. You threw something out there that wasn't ready. I would, you, you see video game companies get dragged through the mud when they release a video game that's not polished that needs a 50 gig download right call of duty just day one patch yeah call of duty did that just recently with modern warfare 2 where people who bought the physical disc only had like 55 megabytes of data on there and then still had to download 70 gigs worth of data that's absurd and they they should be ashamed of what they're doing there same difference here you you have to fax something day one you didn't do what you should have done your entire job in this company is developing a system and balancing that system and bringing in armies that work within that system. Before we started recording, I, w- I was in the um, the Warhammer, the army building app, and I was looking up uh, like Titans. Have they made that any better, by the way? Like I have not used it since I, I originally subscribed for it and it was awful. I couldn't use it. It was almost broken. And I just, I was like, I'm done. I unsubscribed. And I stopped using it. Is it. Have they made it any better? Uh, I haven't tried to build an army on it recently. I like to get in there just to... I, I have Warhammer TV, so I right. it's included in my subscription. Yeah. Um, I get in there a lot of times just to reference um, other armies, stats, and things like that. Okay. So, uh, but, like, not Chaos Knights or, or Imperial Knights, but the Titans, like the God Machines. I was looking at their stats in warhammer 40k currently and it's like they're three thousand points and they have 120 wounds and their toughness 12 and strength 8 or 10 but like their weapon add, you know just like a, we're starting to add apocalypse units <laughs> full force into 40k into, yeah into the base and we are really really pushing what a d6 system can handle <laughs> uh and it it, it it and it's it's a little ridiculous to me it, it makes me laugh um but i mean on a one to six you have like a crew <laughs> or an imperial guardsman and then on, on on like the other spectrum you have an imperial titan yeah like how how do you balance those numerically one to six <laughs> you, you, you just you don't <laughs> Like you, you, you suddenly have a model with 120 wounds. Uh, is it even possible to destroy that model without having like, like could 3000 points of not another like Lord of War <laughs> take that thing down? <laughs> I don't even know if that's mathematically possible. I know. You know who can? Keldor Drago. He'll go up and he'll go out and put it down. <laughs> Get squished. <laughs> so... <laughs> Stick a, that 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 wad of gum on your foot is starting to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so another okay. So we've kind of gone over a little bit of the pros and cons of Meta. Um, uh, one of the one of the pros to me is when Meta backfires horribly on the person, and it's fucking funny, or, or when people just aren't expecting it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a couple examples, and Drew, if you've got some, let me know. Uh, but these are these are three that come to mind, and the very first one is actually widely known in the community known as the Kruk conga line for those uninitiated that don't know what happened in that game it was a tournament it was during fifth or sixth edition i think 
And one player was playing Tau, and another player was playing White Scars. And White Scars, at this time, you could withhold all your units in reserve and then deploy them like after your after your team after your enemy has deployed his whole army and then you got basically you got this major advantage of where you want to place your units it's very hard to play against because white scars are a fast attack army that's their big bread and butter is bikes so they can maneuver and adjust and place themselves in places where they can do the most damage quickly quickly the tau player however had 32 crew and they have scout now, Scout allowed you to place yourself anywhere, or Infiltrate, sorry, not Scout. Infiltrate, and it allowed you to place yourself anywhere on the map as long as you were more than nine inches away from an enemy model. Well, since there was no enemy models on the table, he literally put an entire line of 32 crew across the entire back table edge. And since the other guy couldn't deploy his units legally without being closer than nine inches to the crew, he automatically lost the game. Like, hilarious to me. Like, this guy had been pissing people off with his tactic of, I'm going to hold my whole army in the back, and then you get to set up your whole army, and then I get to adjust and, and position myself at the, at the most advantageous. And this guy goes, yeah, but I can just line up my crew in one big long line, right? And the judge is like, I, yeah, I guess you can. And the guy's like, so I can't place my armor down. He goes, nope, you can't. He goes, nope, winter towel. And it's like, this is at a time when towel wasn't exactly all that great. They were basically going to chalk that up to another loss for their their team tournament was this guy playing towel. They were like, yeah, he's probably not going to last very long against White Scar. And I'm sorry, that's just funny. Like, <laughs> and there's like this immortalized picture of the dude who won with the kraut, like giving thumbs up and sticking his tongue out and like, look at this. While the dude who's pissed off in the background with the judge trying to find a rule that saves his ass and they can't find one. And to me, that's when the meta is the best is when it actually backfires on the person using it. For another instance, when I decided, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do some meta fun. And I built the Paladin Death Star unit. And I deep struck him in. They hit a wall. Now, all I had uh, when you back in the day, when you deep strike and you scattered and you landed somewhere where you couldn't, you would mishap. Now, all you had to do is not roll a one and you'd be fine. You'd either be delayed or move somewhere else or your, t or your enemy got to place you. Whatever. I could handle thousand, a thousand points worth of models being placed by my enemy somewhere else. Maybe not relevant to the, the, to the battle right now. I'd be okay with that. What I wasn't okay with was rolling a one and basically warping my men into a wall and obliterating them into nothingness. <laughs> and the third time that I can really truly remember as a funny meta moment is, uh, this is again back in 5th edition, and it was when the orcs had their truck and they would load up burner units. Oh, the, uh, the burner truck. truck. And we were playing a 2v2. And I was teamed up with the guy with the orcs. And then I believe your cousin was teamed up with the guy with Dark Angels. And he brought in a Deathwing Terminator like Death Star unit. And he plopped him right next to the burner truck. Like, very, very excited. He's like, I can't... He was so happy and so excited the minute he put those death... Like, they they deep struck, they 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 uh, 
bullseye their deep strike they were right fucking there right next to that truck they were so excited because they were gonna he was just so we're gonna get in there and we're gonna rip that truck open and all the gooey stuff inside is gonna come out and we're gonna rip all that up and i'm just gonna keep marching across the table problem being (laughs) uh trucks were open topped at the time i think they still are but i don't think that rule really matters anymore and that meant all the burners could fire off out of the truck and since there's the same point and yes and that was the that was the trick they could do it all at the same point so the guy playing the orcs found literally the most perfect like spot on his blob which hit like eight of the 10 guys that he had and he laid that template down in that same spot 10 times <laughs> yeah you, you basically since they were all were firing uh, a flame template weapon you just maneuver from any direction out of the truck that you wanted yep. you find the optimal spot that hits the most people and then you say okay times that by 10 <laughs> i'm hitting i'm hitting seven seven people right here times it by 10 so that's 70 hits yep and you just and you just immediately go wait what what happened and then because flame weapons automatically hit there was no roll to yep. hit once whatever the template was hitting that's who it was hitting you just moved right to the roll to wound phase yeah and if you're rolling 80 fucking dice and you wound on fours, 40 of those are getting through. Now that 10-man unit has to save out of 40 wounds. I don't care what your save is. You're, you're failing. You're going to lose, guys. And he lost all but one guy like in that whole thing. And he – I feel bad because no one told him what was about to happen. We all just – we all kept going. Are you sure you want to go there? Oh, yeah, dude, it's fine. It's fine. Like, you're sure. And then when he found out why we were so insistent on asking him if he was sure if he wanted to do it, he like stood in the corner and pouted. He was pissed. Because <laughs> <laughs> like 850 points of his army was just boop, gone. <laughs> Dude, it's just like, it's it's heartbreaking, but it's also hilarious at the same time. I, I like when, I like watching stuff like that happen to people. It's funny to me. <laughs> one one meta death star took out another meta death yeah. star. <laughs> it just like 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 the, the immovable object hits the unstoppable force kind of trope. And yeah. No, no, like that that is almost there is a justice style quality to that. <laughs> Corex approved. Thing, yeah. The thing that I don't like though is if you bring either of those to like those were casual games. <laughs> And yes, they just happened to each have, you know, they were each pitted against another Death Star, uh, you know, crazy formation. But, uh, you know, if they were to just be put table side against, I don't know, like somebody like you or me who just builds whatever we want. Right. I mean, I, whatever for the sounds longest fun time, at the time. Yeah. I um, mean, when, when the Dark Eldar had their, their re-release in fifth edition, their re, like their whole re- revamp. Uh, what was it? The uh, mandrakes were like, don't bring them. They're terrible. They're they're awful. Like they're they suck. I thought that they were cool ass models. I I I always brought them with me. Right. I I liked them. And you know, are your grotesque same thing with like, Those are always funny. <laughs> yeah, same with grotesques. I mean, they were unwieldy. I had to have a, a HQ dedicated to just keeping them from going crazy and and hurting my own troops, but. Or you, you just know put what? them on a boat and drove them forward, let the boat blow up, and then let them out and have fun. And then they rip it all apart. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, that's the stuff that, like, I don't like is where it's, oh, wow, 
I like even even the, the truck thing, like that like it's I said, broken. There, there is a justice quality to that. It's like <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, you want it you want to try and just fucking blank us with your with your bullshit. Okay, well here you go. Here's my but, bullshit I mean, right back at you. Yeah, but like you and I always do a good job of like if either of us has questions or we let the other one know. That's the other part that I don't like is where people try to like Oh, it's just a, I don't know, they're just a troop choice. Or yeah, this, and then they this got is some just, just an HP special rule like, that, oh, wait, no, that's not really what they are. I would have been targeting them sooner had I known what they were capable of doing. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's it's by keeping critical information hidden and, and trying to, almost, it's like, it's like, you're not playing the game, it, you're just kind of like being deceitful. You're trying to give um, yourself but, an advantage by omission. Exactly. I mean, it'd be like somebody, you know, and, never playing chess before and at being the same like, time, well, though, I think what, when you play, when you see a meta army come up to the table and you know they're a meta player, you know what you're getting, you know what you're getting into. And you're just like, all right, well, this is, I know what I'm going to face up against. And there's like this clarity, this moment of clarity in that sense where you're just like, well, all right, so much for casual. Let's, let's try to win this by the numbers, guys. Like it, it changes the dynamic of the game. Like for me and you, when we play, the dynamic of the game is what funny story is going to come out of this game. There will be a funny moment. We will make fun of it and it will make us laugh. Like when's it going to happen? What turns it going to happen in and who's it going to involve? Just care. Thon is our prime example of just the, the happiest, most joyous moment in one of the most fucked up, like of scenarios. Just What were the odds of this happening in this? Like the things that have to happen in order for, Thawne to get hit with an oral bombardment right on top of his own head from his own team <laughs> just to stand back up again to get hit by a dark lance and put right back down like <laughs> every time i think about that it makes me laugh because it's just like that's a fun moment that's a that's why that's why I, this is why i'm still like even after going over this and like talking about the meta and the pros and cons of it I, i'm still against meta chasing i don't I don't like it, but that's because I'm the casual guy. Like, I like a casual game. I like a pick-me-up game. And even when we're playing, like, maybe more of a narrative campaign, like we're talking about getting finally getting going here uh, soon, uh, doing a crusade, um, It's it, to me, it's like, man, why would I, like, why would I want to ruin the magic that's about to happen with something garbage, like with a, with a meta-style army? Like, even if I'm playing a meta army, like, I'm going to be playing Votan. And are they meta? I, I don't know yet. I haven't really seen too many tournaments with them yet. And where they're, are they dominating? Are they not dominating? I don't know. But at the same time, I don't care. Like, again, when I play my Votan, I'm going to be looking for, how can I make this fun? How can I make this funny? Where What unit should I bring that might enhance my ability to have a good laugh at some insane mishap that might happen on either side of the table so for me it's always been when it comes to the game it's always where am i going to have the most fun and i don't have fun playing the meta if that makes sense to anybody i know people can have fun playing the meta and i know there's tournament players that might listen to this and be like oh you guys are dicks it's not our case i'm not not telling you you can't do it i'm not telling you not to do it I'm all, but I would I would ask you to not be a dick <laughs> about it 
like you brought a meta army you brought the meta choice of the meta army um don't pee in my wheaties on top of it and like insult me by being like yeah look at this and i'm gonna do this and like talk down to me like have fun with the game and if i blank one of your units by like some grace of luck don't get like super butthurt that you lost some guys you know like some guys treat it like they have lost the game even though they're not losing the game at all but because they lost x unit the game's over i don't want to play i lost a thousand points with a paladin i had 500 points of gray knights left if you know anything about gray knights 500 points not a lot of points for gray knights i still played out the game i wasn't super effective but i still played the game out you got to still play the game drew your thoughts are have you died <laughs> I'll let I'll let you finish. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean that, that's that's my biggest. Um, it, it's something that, for the most part, hasn't affected me very, very much. Um, just because you know we play in our small group, we're all casual players. I mean, you and I mean I, I play most with you right. um, for uh, for a while now. That's what it's been. Uh, and we play for fun. And I keep I, wanting my, to my go biggest, to my local game room and play, play some pick-me-up games, but I'm absolutely terrified. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just comes down to, like, the, the games that we've played against people that are hyper-competitive. I mean, I can go to the playground near me, and I can, I can dunk on a bunch of kindergartners. <laughs> but... I mean, what? I don't really, I won't what? get much satisfaction. Yeah. Like who wants to play dodgeball, you know? And then it's like, I'm just spiking it on their faces and stuff. <laughs> They're not having fun. I, I, I'll I win. shouldn't be having fun, but I am, <laughs> you know, do I get much satisfaction out of that? Like, it's just, it's just one of those things where, yeah, you're almost guaranteed a win. Guaranteed victory. <laughs> If that's what you want, okay. I've said this before. I'll say it again. This game is an investment in time. It's an investment in money. It takes up physical space. A lot of it. Yes. I play for fun. I hope that it makes me laugh when we play. Like it's it's, it's entertainment. It's a game. Yep. As long as there's one moment of, one moment of, oh, shit, did you see that? Yeah. So... (laughs) Part of me with like the codex releases and everything, I like that they're doing more to update stuff in real time. I also, I mean, part of me even likes the fact that they, they, they get everybody so hyped up about these army releases, right? Maybe it's, it's for partially the the wrong reasons. I I don't like the idea of somebody just buying an army because they know it's going to be hyper competitive for x amount of time before it gets you know that's what everybody always says oh you got to buy the army right away and then you play it and you're hyper competitive until they nerf it and then and then, and then they're going to nerf the hell out of it and then it, and then it's garbage i i have yet to see an army that has been completely ruined by rule updates it might not be as over the top as it was when it first released but i don't know in my experience I mean, I've Nowadays, been accused of meta chasing just playing my Grey Knights. I played Grey Knights since third edition. Like, I, I played Demon Hunters. Like, don't call me a meta chaser because I'm buying the next iteration of my army's book. I like Grey Knights. I like Grey Knights for their aesthetic. I always have. 
do they get cool rules every now and then? Yeah, sure. But they're still a mid range at best and melee army. Like they don't have that long range of shooting. They, they, they are mid grade at best. Even when they were considered meta with the paladins in fifth edition, they still weren't dominating tournaments like people thought they were. And they get a lot of shit because they're, you know, fifth edition codex is written by Matt Ward. So like, Oh, Matt Ward. It's like, yeah, he he wrote some pretty crazy rules. I'm not going to lie. But you know what? He did a couple books, and they all got it. And none of those armies really were top-tier tournament winners for very long, if at all. So I think it's sometimes it's... I think sometimes it's uh, some of these meta players that chase the meta want their... Once they've like set on a meta that's really dominant, like super dominant, they're like... I don't want this to ever change. I want this to stay the way it is. This is perfect to me. And then something else comes along and they're like, oh no, this isn't fair. This isn't right. And it's like, oh shit. Oh, your army's going to start losing now. So you're, I got it. This has nothing to do with you chase, like chasing meta. It's about you wanting to be number one. And we all probably know a guy like that. Every group has a guy that does it. I'm sure of that. It's not a unique problem to any one group. And to those people, I say, I don't care that you're going to do that. What I ask you to do is when you come to play the casual games, don't bring the army that's meant to win tournaments. Try something different for a change. Like you could stick with that army. If you're a Tyranid player right now and your your meta is big monsters with a few troop, troop choices and it's winning you tournaments, great but when you come to my house and play change it up bring some crazy shit bring shit you've never done before try out something different see if you might have fun with the army relax yeah <laughs> relax man just relax man <laughs> come on man just you gotta relax man <laughs> yeah that also uh going back to your point where you said you know you, you were getting uh hassled about you know, oh, you play Grey Knights, blah, blah, blah. And and it's just, for you, you've always had a general love of the army and you've always played them. I remember when the Dark Eldar were revamped in 5th edition and me going in like day one and just stocking up on them because I finally, I had been wanting to play Dark Eldar since second like or 3rd edition and I just kept getting told, don't do it. No, don't you do don't want to play them. You don't want to play them. They're outdated. Their, their models are all metal. Um you know, they're, they're, they're garbage. You won't have any fun there. They'll get an, an update. Trust me, hold off. You'll get an, they'll get an update and you want to buy them when they do the update. Uh, the, the owner of the, the game store that we used to, I used to go to always said that. So I was like, all right. So I bounced between armies that were fun, but weren't the army I wanted. Finally, Dark Eldar got their redo, bought the, the whole line like day one. And I remember people being in there, oh, we got another person jumping to Dark Eldar, of course. Well, yeah, of course they're buying Dark, you know. Well, same thing. I, mean, I bought Votan and I got a little bit of flack for buying Votan. And it's just like, oh, they're going to be like, I don't, I, you knew, like, I was on that army when I first started seeing the models come out. I'm yeah. an aesthetic guy. I always have been. I hadn't, I didn't know any rules for Votan. I looked at their models and like, ah, cool. 
you know, little people miners. Like, like, that's awesome. Let me, let me get those guys. I want that. I want that. Little people miners. It sounds awful when you say it out loud. Didn't think that one through. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it, it, it creates that weird false narrative that, oh, because you're buying the new army, then you must be only interested in, in the idea that they're going to be super strong. And it's like, that's not a fair assumption to make. You don't right. know that they could be, they could have been a huge squats fan. They could just think that they're cool. I mean, they have an aesthetic that that's somewhat similar to like Starcraft space Marines. Yes. Yep. They have a really cool, unique look to them. And somebody could just be into that. World leaders are coming out. It's, it's awesome. And they're going to hold leaders range revamp of models. Well, yeah, and and a lot of people are complaining that it's a small release. I agree that, I mean, hey, we're getting an Angron Demon Primarch model, so that's that's awesome. I love the Angron. You're getting new Zerkers. Um, you got those new dudes riding the fucking Jugger. Like, there's some cool shit in there. Like, there there is. Grey Knights doesn't have a whole lot of model lineup. But if they came out yeah. tomorrow and came up with like some revamped models, goddamn skip you, I'm buying them. <laughs> yeah. It, and and what what's nice is they're they're gonna be out there. They're an official army. They won't be going away anytime soon. And they're gonna get an annual update now. And from what we've seen in the past, as you know, every time that there's a there's a new update to an army, they they usually get for the most part, like a new model or a updated version of an old model. I was pretty upset with the Dark Eldar. Uh, the The model release was uh, the Lilith, the updated plastic Lilith model. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It was okay. I mean, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> boy, oh boy, does it seem like time moves so much faster when as you get older. But I was like, we just got a new Lilith model back in, fifth edition and then i have to tell myself that we're in ninth edition right yeah <laughs> it's like oh no. all right uh, <laughs> go back to that I, we're old thing <laughs> yeah but i mean i i they already had a mold of of her i would have liked to have seen a model for fect or one yeah. of the other archons or or named characters that was in the previous editions of the codex like their codex like fifth edition had a ton of named characters they were awesome and they did that thing and like what was it seventh edition where if the, if you didn't have a, like if the army didn't have a model it was not in the codex you remember when they did something like that yeah where it was like yeah, they did yeah. like a big purge of like well yeah, they don't have a like model one so i got eliminated for tyranids and yeah yeah and they were like everybody was like talking about that like well based on the way that they're going if it doesn't have a model then you know that's not going to be in there and um so Dark Eldar lost a shit ton of HQs for the, because of that. They're starting to bring that stuff back. Like I believe you can you can run old One Eye with Tyranids now. Yeah. Again. Um. So so they, they they've gotten better about it, but like that was my biggest. I'm ranting now about Dark Eldar. No, you're good. Uh, that's that's what we do here. <laughs> but that that was like one of my complaints was, you know, it, it's awesome that they're that they're updating everything. But okay, so they're keeping it that, fresh. That they're actually giving brings us up a new- point, though. If, when you do meta chase, it does drive sales, and sales result in more money, and more money means they can do bigger model lineups the next time around. So, 
and then they can also gauge. Well, uh, they're a business. They're, they're, they're going to spend the money where they make the money. Right. But if, if we can show them, oh, there's interest in this. Like when World Eaters come out and there's this huge interest in it from the World Eaters crew, what's to say they don't go, okay, let's give them an Iron Warriors style codex supplement for chaos? You know? That's like Yeah. So for me I, that's I mean, like that's like that's like a positive. Like it's it can be a positive. I I'm still against it. <laughs> but well, but there are positives to it. The way that their current business model is set up, that yeah, there are some cool things about it. I like the fact that this the current edition, business model this, is how do we suck off the Space Marines more? <laughs> I mean, this this edition we've seen how many new armies? I mean, we got leagues. We're getting world eaters. Uh, have there been any other? Um, uh, well, I, ooh, uh, with Sisters Chaos of Battle, Knights. Sisters of Battle, oh, Chaos Knights were already around. What Sisters of Battle? They were not around. Were they around Eighth Edition? I think they were. They were new to Ninth Edition. I thought they, they had they existed kind of as like an offshoot thing, but they never had a full fledged codex like they do now. Um, that might have been eighth edition, but and, and well, I thought they did. I, I thought sisters did have a codex way back in like second or third. Yeah, like way, yeah, 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 way, way, way back in the day. But they have but, been, yeah, yeah, kind of sidelined I mean, since then, and they they got a whole new range, and they sold like gangbusters, and I think that's really awesome. And I I like sisters yeah. of battle. I think they're a cool army. I like the way they play. But um, back in the day, like plastic sisters, like when when are we going to get plastic sisters of battle? That was like a long running gag question yeah where you know and, the, and then you know games workshop and oh, 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 oh that'd be that'd be well, really nice or squats hey you just know, what, like when they what, fucked with us on april 1st and launched the fucking squats announcement and everybody's like ah ha ha yeah bullshit you've done this before you've cried wolf before and told us we were going to get our squats back and then they're like no seriously we're really doing it this time and everybody's like oh shit are you this is day two you can't april fools us again like you <laughs> it's past april fools day and they kept going with it and people were like oh my god this is for real they were really coming back and vashtar uh the the newest demon thing that's coming up uh i didn't know this but apparently he's tied to the dark mechanicum which could indicate that we might be getting a dark mechanicum army which would be fucking awesome. Like, I'm, yeah, like that right there. That is a wholly new character that they have just created. Yeah. Um, awesome. I love his aesthetic. I like the idea of him being a. He's a he's a robot demon. <laughs> yeah. He, well, he's like a demigod. He's like. Yeah, he's trying to ascend to true godhood. To true godhood. But he, he's essentially the, the chaos 40k arms dealer yeah <laughs> for like for K, for the forces of chaos in general he he's like a what weird need, man <laughs> biomechanical uh nicholas cage from the movie lord of war <laughs> <laughs> and i like it <laughs> i was gonna go with turk from daredevil but you know, man turk got you baby <laughs> what you need <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and like so, that's a that's another army that. And personally, I'm, they, all, I'm all for brand new armies. I'm 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 for Dark Mechanicum. I am I am totally down yeah. for some fucking Xenos crazy shit coming out. I I would love like I know that people might think that that might oversaturate. I don't think that. I do not believe that for a second. I think that'll actually help further 
balance the game out where there's think about how much more balanced the game feels now than it did back in fourth edition when we played there was like again because that has a lot to do with codexes being released more often facts being updated more regularly they seem more dedicated to that and that does help out because back in fourth edition you get a fact every six months or so and it'd be like a massive fact it'd be for all the armies and you'd have to cipher out which rule is yours and which wasn't and there's like well if you're not playing these guys and you you're as long as you're not playing against them and you're not playing that like playing with them everybody's gonna have a good time but if somebody's playing this army x army here no one's having a good time in that gameplay like it's just you're just gonna lose and you're gonna move on to the next game now it's like hey they've got oh man dark mechanica come out like oh man dark mechanic they got a dark mechanic army well yeah that works good against a b and c but you know d e and f armies they, they're no good against there's a lot of counters in these armies so you can't walk into a tournament and say i've got the meta army i'm going to win it all because there's been enough balancing that keeps everything even it doesn't just because you see that high like tyranids i see winning a lot right now but just because i see a tyranid army on the map doesn't mean it's a surefire win like that not to mention the way the game plays a lot more which is a whole other like that's a whole subsect of that's another episode in and of itself that we could go over one day is the difference between how fourth edition worked with objectives and points versus now there's so many more ways to win and so many more ways to earn points like you're not just like it's not just about sitting on objectives there's other things you can do actions you can take that can help generate and earn you points and make the game competitive at least so i don't know wait and see i guess i'm rambling again (laughs) (laughs) i i look no one's ever going to convince me that meta chasing is good i just i don't i don't be buy into it um i know why it exists i know why games workshops lets it exist well i mean every game has it yeah any any game that's got a competitive watch Call of Duty games. Oh, you got to get you got to run this weapon with this kit, and you'll kill everyone I mean, every time. Yeah, it's a, card games, Magic the Gathering, or Pokemon even has one. You know, yep. it's it's, always... it's just a, it's 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 an aspect of games like this. Uh, you but know, tournaments the, make them money. I guess so they're the going to the run day, tournaments. People like tournaments. Day, though, metas don't. Metas all metas actually do is prove that they're not doing their due diligence of balance. Right, I mean, if yeah, any one, if but, any one army they release has a severe advantage and is winning, this goes. I mean, like magic any, and Pokemon goes across the boards. Then you're not I, really I, doing it, your best job to balance it. Uh, but I will also argue that any asymmetrical game, whether it's a tabletop, a card game, a video game, it's it's damn near impossible to have perfect balance. Oh, look at look at fighting games. I mean, uh, Smash Brothers, like they finally announced like we're done updating the game at this point because it's like you 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 make one update and you and you tweak this character's speed by by two percent. And this person's hitbox gets shaved by five pixels. And this and this move does uh, 15 damage less to somebody like me. I, I play Pac-Man. You want to know why? Because I like Pac-Man. 
Is he competitive? No. Uh, in, in terms of like the competitive tier lists, I think he's like pretty, pretty bad. He's he's like an F student. He's failing. <laughs> but, you know, so that stuff's completely lost. He's easily scared, me. too. You know, you just got to sneak up behind him and he like folds over and on himself. So that's. <laughs> that's a Pac-Man joke. <laughs> Stop, stop, man, you're bending your, your back, your mouth's all spread Jesus open, man. Just keep going. Oh, he's, he's, he's licking his own heels. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, so it's same thing with this, you know, it's like, there's never going to be a perfect balance. So I'm willing to forgive that to a point. Right, like, as right, long as yes. there, I, I don't like the idea of business, businesses abusing the balance of their games ecosystem to, to hock additional sales like the game i think that armies do that themselves just by being unique and in a perfect world that that would be how it is everybody's buying an army because they think that they look really cool or they like the lore behind them or they they have researched the style of play and they're making an informed decision that's more meaningful than just hey this will win me some games yeah, that's it, in Drew's dream world. That that's like because that's how I am. I I yep. that's how I make my decisions and everything. Am I going to just genuinely enjoy this? Yeah, probably. Okay, cool. Well then, then I'm in. I'm gonna give it a go. Um, then yeah, that's, that's just. I think I think we're both in agreement that the meta is both necessary and we hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's lost on us. It uh, is. I mean, we're we, not those I, guys. Like, we're yeah, probably not the yeah. best guys. Like, I'm trying to give it a fair shake. I guess, like, I've been inspired by listening to a different podcast where they try to go over things. Uh, it's with uh, Kyle Kinane and Shane Torres. Uh, no Accounting for Taste is the name of the podcast. I really enjoy it because they, they literally try to take things that people hate and try to go over the good in it. And recently they did the Kardashians and that that bombed horribly for them. They could not find any good <laughs> <laughs> but here we are that's what i wanted to do i wanted today i wanted to try to like take a a best foot forward approach to why it exists and and why why it's necessary and that and the like uh, and i feel like i've i've given it a fair shake i personally don't like it but i also don't want nobody else to be able to do it like if you want to do it and that's if that's how you want to enjoy the game have at it just don't come over to my house <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that go, that's go, go play at a tournament. <laughs> I mean, we, we both have said it before, you know, it it doesn't really affect us in the grand scheme because we play in a very isolated ecosystem. Right. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm broken. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. It, it, every game has it. Every game, every game system deals with it. Um, I I like the game. I feel like for all the, its ups and downs um always enjoyable i i yeah i always have a good time i the, the the 40k universe is just one of those worlds where i like to just live in it i wouldn't literally want to live in it but like <laughs> no, i love no, fuck no especially after reading some of these novels <laughs> yeah i love reading about it i i'd be a servitor <laughs> i love experiencing it like in in any way i can yeah. whether it's an audiobook reading it um watching the shows, playing the game, the humor that's that's baked into it, and then the fact that it's so horrific to the point of excess to a level that then makes it funny. 
and then just the ridiculous situations that can come up, you know, I will always love it. I will always have a soft spot in my heart for it. Uh, so it, you know, if you like chasing meta and, and doing all that, I'm I I am happy that there are outlets for people like that in this. You know, yeah. Even though I don't want to play against those people, I'm happy that they have a spot in the hobby. Yes, I do enjoy though every now and then going and like reading like people that do like the math hammer where they calculate different things. That to me is fascinating. I was reading earlier t- today actually about how many bolter shots would it take in a game to take out like a war Titan and they broke it down and it was something like it would take you with the maximum number of space Marines that you could fit, like all firing at half, half at rapid fire, half not at rapid fire. It was like best case scenarios in, in, in this, in a game. And it was like, it's going to take you like 3000 average turns or something like that. Or, or, or 1500 turns or something like that, like for space Marines firing bolters to take out like 120 wound Titan. That's and silly. It, yeah. And I was like, it, it, it was, it's just, you know, it, it, it's, it's complete lunacy at that point, <laughs> but I loved it. I was like, Oh, this is, this is interesting to me. Like I, there's, there's a morbid curiosity of this complete one-sided war here and like but that that's not like that scenario is not hyper competitive that is just funny that sounds like something (laughs) that you and i would do yeah Um, no i would definitely probably break down those numbers just for the sheer hilarity of like figuring it out so so there there are even like with that like i i do like it when like the people that do like the math hammer and they calculate this stuff out to where they I'd even like to go back and pers- re-figure out what the chances of my Vindicare taking out that Brass Scorpion with one shot in that one game was. The chances were once in a lifetime and it happened. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I think we've thoroughly dissected the subject. I hope that appeases the one person when this when this episode airs. Um, Drew, uh, normally we end with a final thought. I have one. But I didn't know if you had one either. Like, if you have one, get it out now because mine's going to be kind of angry. Uh, go for it. We normally no, just end right, with no, one. Okay, so so, so uh, I don't know which of my seven followers works at Games Workshop in their PR department, but you can rightly go fuck yourself with the how many spines could Spine Grinder grind if Spine Grinder could grind spines because I said that shit four fucking episodes ago about Warsmiths and you stole my shit. <laughs> fuck you <laughs> i'm so irritated by that you have no idea that i would see that and be like drew this took me back to our gladiator game when we were when we were thinking about making our like writing the rules for our own board game and then i found that fucking board game with almost identical people are fucking listening to us man <laughs> cia nsa i don't know who but they are fucking listening to us and they're stealing our shit and i'm fucking tired of it <laughs> I, I have a, a doodle I did for a pirate ship game and <laughs> it had these like cardboard chambers. It was almost like, like a giant um, like grid box on the inside. And I had this idea of like you flipping cannonball tokens and long story short, I, the other day, so I Kickstarter for a game with a ship shaped like my little sketch and you flick tokens into the center of it. Oh my God. 
And it, it's like this is a doodle that I have like in a notebook from like years ago. And I don't know if I like I don't know if we're just tapped into the 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 zeitgeist. <laughs> I'm telling like the, you, the, the societal zeitgeist so, and or I was uh, so mad at that picture, man. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what it is, but like, yeah, when you when you said that, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking, oh. I'm fucking over it, man. Fuck. So fuck you, whoever you are at Games Workshop. They went, that's a good question. I'm just going to reword it for something else because I can make it funny. Fuck you. I hate you. Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the podcast. You guys can go fuck yourselves. 